0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Serenity Sunday is now hybrid, meeting in person at Roxbury Park in Beverly Hills and on Zoom. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroups webpage at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live in either iteration. Now that we're meeting in person, Serenity Sunday has regular meeting expenses and would appreciate Seventh Tradition donations to help support the meeting and this podcast. You can donate via Venmo at Serenity Sunday, last four digits of the phone number are 6255 or through PayPal, Serenity Sunday 1212 at gmail.com. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speaker and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And now, our speaker.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Adam. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, grateful to be here. Serenity Sunday, um, every time I've I've spoken here, I I just go back to my... uh, early experience in Overeaters Anonymous, I came and stayed this time in November of 1998 is actually when I came and stayed. And I always thought of um, like, this was the um, sort of the epicenter of OA coolness to me. And uh, whatever that means, I I was once heard if I if if I think any it's thinking something's cool here is like, you know, someone thinking like like wanting to be the class president of a mental hospital. So I, 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 but at the time it was in Roxbury Park, like people who sat up front and they reserved seats and they had like it. Look, I had a whole story about um, what it meant and what it didn't mean to be. part of serenity sunday and and that that just um that's just a story and that's the point is i have a story and um i have a story in my head that uh that that kept me and keeps me right it keeps me sick when i'm in that story and i'd like to reflect it's now november 6th and uh where was i november 6th 1998 so i was in the story, right? It was, I hadn't come to Overeaters Anonymous this time yet, right? And uh, um, I was very, very, very sick and and sick, right? Very sick, I I wasn't well, but I didn't know, I didn't really know that I wasn't well. I thought I was just heavy and that was my biggest problem um i thought that you know i'm a guy who's you know my top weight is you know over 300 pounds i was as as tall as i was wide and um and i thought that that was my problem i had no idea on november 6th 1998 especially because i i had been really trying to um control and enjoy my eating like i really i thought i was doing all the right things to take care of myself i had a I had like a top-notch physician, a top academic center. And insurance was really good those days. And I can get like all I had everything that all I had everything that like maybe like a, a anybody would have except for a personal chef. Right. I thought I had it all. And um I thought this was gonna be, you know, glad, glad that my problem is over with. And um I didn't know what I didn't know. And, uh, so what does it look like to be sick? Um, it's before it's before, you know, uh, it's before we get, make clear three important ideas, a, that we were compulsive overeaters and could not manage our own lives. I didn't even know that. So I'm before that I'm before that part of things. I didn't know I was a compulsive eater. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it means that I'm addicted to food. I didn't know that what it means to have an obsession of the mind and an allergic response to food. I, I, so I had no idea, right. What, what was going on, even though I had heard it. So I had heard it a few times about what I kind of heard that there's, I, I had been to Overeaters Anonymous, right. I had been to Overeaters Anonymous in Chicago, where I went to graduate school. I went, um, probably for like a week or two and i thought like been there done that somebody came i remember like vividly somebody came to me uh with a big book and handed it to me he said i'll be your sponsor i'm like he seems crazy and then i remember this dude getting so mad just like at at a meeting and running out of the meeting and like you hear a car screech and like like his bumper hit the, at least the story I'm telling myself is, you know, he just like tore out of there. You hear his car hit the car behind him. And he's like, he's so angry. And I'm like, he's angry. People here seem screwed up. I don't go to groups. I give groups. And that was kind of my, um, my take. Right. And meanwhile, um, you know, I'm as messed up as they come. Right. I'm spilling. I can't show up to life my friendships are starting to get compromised, right? I, there's no way I'm gonna, I can't believe I have a wife, but I do have a wife at that time. I feel like it's an injustice to have a wife, right? Like how, how could the world do this to me? I deserve, I have a whole story about what I deserved and what I didn't get. And I'm barely employable. I can barely show up, right? Without making excuses of why I don't have to do the work, right? And I'm really good at, finagling and being a little slippery fish, right? I'm really good at that. And, you know, I got tons of secrets, right? And I'm holding everything by a thread, but I don't go to groups, I give groups is the best I can come up with, right? I don't realize that I'm sick. I don't realize that I don't have integrity. I don't realize that um, I'm a flagrant and slippery Liar, right? I don't even realize that that's a problem. I'm just saying, hey, I'm in grad school. I got my and I I graduated college. I'm holding my hat on that thing. That like, hey, I'm well. Like, what are you doing right now? You're in your 20s. Oh, you're in law school. Oh, I'm in graduate school too. Great, we're both well. Right? School is my thing that I don't even do. I don't even do it as it's written, but it's the thing that makes. And I'm married. It makes me think like, are you okay? Oh, I even have a kid, by the way. And oh, so you're okay. That means you're okay, because you have things that, that would say you're okay, right? But internally, I'm a mess, and I'm in a fight, and I'm constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I don't even realize it. So I come to Overeaters Anonymous in Chicago, right? And I can't hear the message. I get to LA after I finish graduate school, and, um, and I've got a doctorate right a doctorate. So not, that's another like oh no i'm really well now right that means i'm the walking well right because i and so i come there so unwell so not able to show up thank god i didn't get into trouble right because i totally could have right i'm so grateful and i you know i i go to a meeting in the valley and i'm like oh they're not as screwed up in the valley but they're still screwed up they're just women and they're skinny and it's kind of strange scent here and it's in this like upstairs like little place in studio city i'm like well they're not that bad but i can't go here just kept eating kept eating and kept eating i get bigger and bigger my world gets smaller and smaller and i still don't really realize right that first part that description right that i that i'm 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 an alcoholic and i can't manage my own life and I'm drinking too, by the way, and I'm smoking weed. And I'm like, I got that too. You know, like I can control, it's no big deal. And, um, on November 8th, 1998, I went to, um, a grocery store and just, just devoured content, just bought a bunch of shit and I just went in my car and I do what I do. Right. I just devoured it like a, like a praying mantis, like you know, like that move of just like I can't get nobody's watching me. I, I can't eat it fast enough, right? Like just grabbing it, like right? grabbing the shelves. Like being a kid, I'm one of six kids, just grabbing stuff, just grabbing it so fast, you know, hand to mouth, like a, like a like a, like one of those insect shows, you know, like that. This move. And um, I don't know why, but I woke up the next day, and and it uh, wasn't the worst experience that had ever happened to me. I, two and a half years before that, I prayed so hard. I remember saying a, a version of a prayer without a God. Hey, if there's a God, I hate this so much. I'll do anything to not be so heavy, and be in this disease. I hate it so much. I'll do anything. Everything else is gravy. By the way, I lied. I, I got abstinent and I wanted even more, right? But in that moment, right, in that moment, I would have done, I, I, all, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if I ever get anything and I don't want to be sick like this. I don't want to be fat like this. I didn't know at that point that my problem wasn't my weight. My problem was my relationship with my substance. And that is expressed in weight for me. It's a big one for me, right? Gaining a lot of weight is a form of the disease for me. It's my mind manipulating me right that's why i have a range right because i'm capable of lying to myself i'm a slippery fish to me too so so i i wake up and i go to work and i'm 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 there's a war, i'm i'm blessed to be with one per, a person who had our disease and a person who's an alcoholic my both of them are my parents age respected i couldn't hear it from you all one was a psychologist one was a psychiatrist i could hear it from them because they had credentials that that was just my snot that's not that that was me because i couldn't hear it from you i just couldn't hear it i needed the i needed the packaging of academics for someone to tell me it's okay right little did i know so i told the woman who you know this short little pistol of an italian woman i told her i can't stop eating and i had and she had mentioned she she had she had kind of flirted the idea that i'm a food addict you know, in the months before and I couldn't hear it. And the guy who worked with me, the psychiatrist, hundred pounder like me, he tried to tell me too. He tried to tell me. I'm like, I once asked him, like, I just I got this sense. Like a year before you know about this. I just can tell. He's like, You're right. I used to be a hundred pounds overweight. I'm like, oh my God, I've never met anybody who lost a hundred pounds and kept it off. I met the people who lost weight, they'd lose it for five minutes and then they they they'd, they'd, they'd They'd find it and they'd give it to someone else. There was I felt like I came from a world. There was 100 pounds for, for people like me that was distributed amongst like 20 people. And sometimes you got to lose some and, and you didn't, nobody kept it off. Nobody, never met anybody. I said, what do you do? He said, I never deviate." I said, what does that mean? He said, I said, that means you don't eat frozen yogurt. He said, no, I don't eat frozen yogurt. And in my head, I thought, what the fuck do you know? Right, I'm spilling well over 300 pounds. And I'm telling, I'm telling, Right. I have the answers as if I know I have a vote and an opinion about him. Who's well. Right. And I don't know what I'm talking about. My narrative is sick. Right. So I. She says to me, I tell her I can't stop eating. She says, "Okay, we're going to uh, a meeting. And she just picked up the phone and she found a meeting. And I said, why are you doing this? She said, this is what we do in the program. And she took me to a meeting and she raised her hand. She said, He wants to share. She said, Tell them what you told me. In a small meeting, November 9th, 1998. I said, I can't stop eating. She said, Keep going to meetings. Right. Just keep going to meetings. On November 15th, 1998, I turned 30 years old. I was at a party. I shoved a, pair, a piece of um, tiramisu cake in my, after having six days of eating four times a day, whatever I want, calling it abstinent, some nonsense like that. Right. I shoved a piece of cake in my pocket, tear me so I'd never have had it sticky. It's all over the place. I devoured it like I do. And uh, I got to program the next day and a lot of you told me that's okay. Don't worry. Why would you start over? And then someone had the decencies to tell me that's called getting drunk in Overeaters Anonymous. You got hammered. You had a relapse, right? What you did was not abstinent. What you did was not a sober experience with food. What you did was your sickness. And if you want wellness, he said to me, this is, he said, he said, you got to jump off the cliff. You're not in charge anymore. You're fired from food. Get out of your way. You lost the right to your, you are not equipped to have a vote in food. And that really spoke to me, right? I'm like, he's right. I don't have any business when it comes to matters of food. Cause I'm a slippery fish. I'll always insert the reason why I can have more, more is one. when it comes to food, more is my favorite word, right? It's my favorite word, more. Let me find a reason why it's okay to eat more. Hell, I can use the program. I can use all of you, right? I came here floating fruits, progress, not perfection, you name it, right? A Food plan, not abstinence. I can use it all as a reasons to hurt myself because that's what I do. That's who I am. I hurt myself with food. And he got it into my, and he's the psychiatrist. So I can hear it from him, right? Because he's sick too, right? He was sick too. Unfortunately, he relapsed after 24 years. He was my sponsor. He relapsed after 24 years. Broke my heart. Scary thing when I was 16, he relapsed. And he taught me, he taught me how to have a sober relationship with food. He taught me that there's a sober experience when it comes to this and that you're not equipped to make decisions and that volume volume is just another way for you to practice your disease. Content is a way for you to practice your disease and gaining weight is a way for you to practice your disease. You are capable of coming in here, gaining 50 pounds and saying, talking about how wonderful things are and the, the beauty of program. You are capable of that, Adam. So here's what we need to do. We need to have a sober experience with food. And it resonated with me. It resonated with me so much to have a sober experience with food. So that begins my journey. Now I can get into, oh, the description of the alcoholic, right? Three clear, made clear three important ideas. I'm an alcoholic with food. Once I start, I can't stop. And my life is batshit crazy unmanageable. Now that's a tricky one, right? That my life done by me, anything I want and have an appetite for, anything, anything, when my wanter and appetite is on, appetite plus urgency, right? I'm in my disease in a different way. I'm creating unmanageability. And I am capable of wanting things so badly, right? I'm a wanter, right? I'm like a desperate, desperate guy chasing, 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 chasing anything I want. And that is my story of unmanageability. And one by one, I had to learn how I do life in an unmanageable way, right? And I had to realize that none of you were going to rescue me. None of you could rescue me from my big appetite and my condition of self-involvement. Oh, my God, right? It's not a psychiatrist. Even the psychiatrist and psychologist can't help me, right? I have a condition, right? Moral and philosophical conviction galore can't help me, right? I cannot be helped by you all. I need something greater than me to restore this crazy thing of self-involvement that I have because I'm so self-consumed. So I learned a whole new lexicon, a whole new language, a whole new paradigm of living, right? Which taught me how to be in the world in a totally different teaching me because I still have a big appetite, still trying to figure things out, right? I'm not done. A lot of things i'm done been i'm done i'm done trying to you know i'm done trying to escape i have to work right that was one of the first gifts of, of the program you can't check out anymore you're done you're fired from that too you don't have the right to be on a permanent vacation and slither around and not participate you are responsible right three minutes and that was very thank you very very helpful and one by one i had to learn how to be things that I wasn't. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good spouse. I wasn't a good employee. I wasn't a good son. I wasn't a good sibling to the right. I wasn't as good as I could be. I had grievances. I was bitter. I had a whole story, right? I was bitter at the people in my life for having things I didn't. I was bitter at the institutions, right? Bitter at the principles that I was raised in. I was bitter, and I had to start to see that That experience, and I was terrified, right That story needed addressing, and um, I needed to have an experience of learning how to be honest, about every morsel of food, and also about every single narr- every piece of the narrative of bullshit that I was feeding myself. So I needed to find people here who I can be real with. And say the truth, and sometimes it's really embarrassing that I'm the cookie monster in all areas, and I want, I want, I want, like a desperate boyfriend trying to win a girl, like desperate, desperately trying to win, not a good strategy, right? I want, right, and how I get crushed in that, and I have character defects, and I have to clean up these relationships, and I found a way of living in a practice, right, where I give it back and I'm involved in prayer and meditation and I'm involved in a community of men of hundred pounders who want what I have right and um turn it around right and uh I can't you know I'm in a very very different seat that guy November 6 1998 right November 6 2022 it's, it's, I can't believe the arc of change right and it's not because I'm great and it's not because I'm smart and it's not because the psychiatrist and psychologist had an answer right it was because they were sick and they had an answer and it's because I realized I was sick and somehow that penetrated me right that I was sick I'm I'm not bad not bad sick and and that if I want to get better right we have a a formula here of living that could um change my life and um allow me to be a better son a better sibling a better father a better spouse a better employee a better everything right and still still a work in progress all all the while and um yeah it's uh it's um it's an amazing thing to find that power right it's not me right and to realize that, that I'm not bad. I just have this super overstated self problem. And, um, if you can re I, I can't, I mean, I'm still, I still wake up to it all the time, but for me, I want to end with this. It begins with my relationship with the substance. And if I were in the food, I don't believe, I don't believe I would be able to have this experience if I were in charge of my food, I would be, um. I would not be able to, um, even begin to have this beginning. So November 30th, 1998 down a hundred will be, it will be 24 years. God willing. I make it there. And, um, I'm down between 130 and 135 pounds. And, um, and, uh, I sponsor people, they sponsor people. And, uh, I love meditation. I I didn't even talk about it. And, um, I love the routine and I love what you guys gave me. I didn't, there's no new ideas or everything I learned from you guys. Thanks for letting me share.